Welcome back to the All Hallows School podcast, the place where we talk to staff, parents and pupils to find out more about life at the school. In this episode, we're talking to James Callow, Deputy Head Pastoral and Boarding at the school. We'll be finding out what it means to be so involved in the pastoral care of the children right across the school. We find out how children develop softer skills too, such as resilience, empathy and respect for others. And we also find out something about James himself too. I'll let him share that with you though. So come with me as we talk to James Callow. James, thank you for being here and welcome to the All Hallows School podcast. How are you today? Yeah, thank you, Simon. Really good, really good. Um, sun's shining here today, so it's there's not really any any better place to be. Managed to get some some cricket coaching in this morning out in the nets, and so yeah, it's just a really happy place to be when the sun's shining and the the children are all all out and about at break time. All our boarders are back as well, so it's great to have them back with us. Must be good having life back in the school again after twelve months of uncertainty and quietness as well. Yeah, definitely. We live on the school site and actually the school sort of has two sides to it. And during the holidays, it does get very quiet. And during lockdown, it was really quiet, almost eerily so at times. So yeah, it's 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 great just having that vibrancy and the noise, the happy chatter back around school again. And you say we live on the school site. Tell me a bit about who we is in that case. Yeah, so I live in the school with my wife, April, who also teaches in year three. And our, our daughters, Minnie and Ophelia, also go to the school as well. So it's very much a school and home for them. Awesome. And how old are your children? Minnie is 11, nearly 12, and Ophelia is 9, so year 7 and year 4. Lovely. Great ages. Great fun. Yeah, it's good watching them grow up. So in a minute, James, we're going to be talking about your involvement in school life as Deputy Head Pastoral and Boarding. But before mm-hmm. we do that, I'd love to know a little bit more about where you came from in your career. So could you share with us a little bit of how long you've been at All Hallows mm-hmm. and what happened before you were at All Hallows to make you end up being at the school? Yeah, I went to university in Bedford and did a, a Bachelor of Education in PE and English, four years there, which was fantastic. Uh, and then I returned back home to Cheddar for a year. I didn't have a job at the time, so to speak, in teaching. So I supply taught for a year and played football, which I very much enjoyed. And then didn't really enjoy supply teaching too much. It was mm-hmm. it was an interesting challenge at times. So I decided that I was going to set up my own sports coaching company and in the process of doing that I was still living at home and my my mum saw an advert in the paper for a job at All Hallows and basically said you're living under my house, you've done your degree, you're going for the job and I I got it and then 21 years later here we are. So you've been at the school for 21 years? Yeah, 21 years, it's flown by. And how did you feel at the time when your mother said you had to go for a job there? Well, the first thing I had to do was get a haircut. Um, I had blonde uh, highlights in my hair, which I didn't think was a good look for an interview at the time. So I had to whiz off and get a haircut. And then it was, yeah, it was good. I remember driving down the the school drive for the first time uh, in, Mm -hmm. in my sort of clapped out metro with the bumper slightly hanging off. I'm really being struck by the place. So actually, I do feel, I very much felt like I was, I felt at home immediately actually. So tell us a bit about your role then of looking after pastoral care of children in the school. What does this involve on a a day-to-day basis? In a nutshell I think it's making sure that the children feel happy, safe and valued at school and making sure that all the mechanisms are in place for that to happen, um, that all the staff uh, are, are joined up in our approach in making sure that happens and then to sort of I guess tweak things on a daily basis according to the individual needs of the child because 
you know every, every child is different and every child's experience of school is different so it's trying to maintain an overview of that and making sure that we can meet the needs of each child. Hmm. You say about staff being joined up in making that happen give me some examples as to how joined up thinking can be within a school. I think we're very lucky given the numbers of the children in school in that the ratios of children being looked after by staff are, are pretty small and concise. So 10 to 15 children in a class generally, they have a form tutor. If they're in boarding, obviously they have a house parent. We very much look at the whole child. So the communication between tutors, head of year groups, deputy heads very much flows back and forth. We also have what we call a whole child meeting mm -hmm. where we meet to discuss year groups of children on an individual basis. And we don't divide up academic pastoral we look at the child holistically so um mm. it's very much trying to view that child in place and i think the communication between home and school is also very important i think the more you can find out about the child the better i think because obviously in school you see a certain viewpoint which often is a very positive one um, mm. sometimes children perceive things differently um, and report home differently so it, it's important to that that communication between home and schools in place as well so you find that sometimes children might behave in one way in school, but then in a different way at home. Is that right? Yeah, or, or even perceive events differently. I think that's a, that's a massive thing in the care of children is that your perception as a school, you might see the child often 99% of the time walking around the school, happy, smiling, engaged, playing with, with children. And then the feeling is sometimes when it goes home that something bad has happened in the school day and that, that dominates the day. So mm. I think very often you're trying to help child and parent understand the balanced picture of the day really I think that's mm. a, an important thing and, and that only comes with that communication so that you can discuss the child as a whole person and their experience as a whole person. So what's a good way then for a parent to communicate back with the school when things are going well when things maybe aren't going so well? Um, I think we're very lucky the parents tend to drive in park up bring the children into school in the morning particularly with mm. the younger ones into mm. the courtyard and I think that's a good good point good time to, to touch base with a with, with a teacher there mm -hmm. um, as, a, as a management team I think we will certainly be making sure we're very available so that we can I guess triage things meet with parents and pick up the, the pick up the small concerns mm. before they become big ones and, and again I think most of our parents are very good at, at letting the tutors know if there's a small concern which we'd much rather mm -hmm. it's very hard when something might have been happening or child's being experiencing difficulties for one or two months to find out about something at a later date it's very hard to go back through and we're always encouraging the children to let us know then and there if they have an issue because again perception of events and, and what actually happened is often very difficult to unpick within a school yeah so no time is too soon for communication with school is that kind of one of the things you're saying yeah absolutely I think in the modern day that has to be a sort of a key point of concern and those personal relationships or warm relationships between home and school whether that's with the parent or with the child are just are key because childhood's complex mm. so how do you help the children develop softer skills such as resilience and empathy and a respect for others as well as the environment in which we live yeah, very good question. Resilience is an interesting one. Obviously, it's, it's a buzzword in education. It has been for some time. The children also talk about it um, as do parents. But I think the key thing is that the resilience can only be built from experiencing and, and working through challenge or, or challenging situations. Lots of the parents are very good at understanding that and allowing their children 
to work through these situations, which do occur for some children simply getting out of the car, well, getting out of the house in the morning, getting into a car and, and then going into a school environment is a challenge in itself. And, and parents who allow children to work through challenges help them acquire the resilience ready for later in life. Mm. Sometimes I think in modern society, the want is for your child to have a happy childhood that's a bed of roses all the time. And mm. some parents can seek to remove obstacles rather than help their child work through them, which ultimately doesn't do a lot of service for the child. So tell me what happens then when things go wrong. Yeah, things do go wrong. They certainly do go wrong. Um, and I think it, it links to the resilience question. It's sort of um, accepting that things go wrong and finding ways to work through them together is is the key. I think also what's key for parents and for, for staff to understand is that children are very much children and and their personal development is actually very much akin to their academic development at every age. So mm. we don't expect our mm. children to sit A-level maths age 10 because they'd fail. And I think that's the way we need to think about them in terms of their personal and emotional development as well. They're 10, mm. so that they're not well, they're not necessarily going to be a, a well-rounded, emotionally secure and emotionally intelligent people at that age. So they are going to make mistakes and we have to be tolerant um, and forgiving and educate them mm-hmm. um, rather than write them off and just throw sanctions without any education behind them at children. But I would very much hope that our environment is that forgiving, encouraging, tolerant um, and educational environment. And our, our behaviour policy actually is, is based upon these principles. We don't actually have a formal detention system. We, we stopped it probably about five, five years ago because I found that right. the same three or four teachers at the time would give out about 95% of the detentions because it was used as a, okay. as a default and an easy get out for the staff in a sense. Whereas mm-hmm. now teachers can give, I guess you'd brand it a detention, but it's very much a learning opportunity. We'd expect the teacher to speak with the child on an individual basis and explain what type of behavior is, is worrying them or, or why they're, they're having the conversation and very much engage on a personal level and in an educational level to help the child improve rather than just slapping them in a detention room to do nothing for a while i think meaningless sanctions are a bit pointless there are of course sanctions and we you know we we do have our sort of our behavior policy that links in sanctions but first and foremost Mm. that educational approach has to be has to bear fruit and how did that go down with parents at the time five years ago when you mentioned that you were ditching the detention scheme it's interesting i think with parents is what we all have to imagine is we we've all or we all have our own experience of school mm. and we can all remember different sides of it and some good and some bad. And I think sometimes it's, it's just, it's trying to help parents understand that just as in the world of medicine or the world of music, things evolve. Mm-hmm. And just because we've always done it in one way, historically, mm-hmm. I mean, most of our education system is pretty Victorian, let's face it. Things can evolve and can improve and there are different ways to do things. Mm. Um, and just because we don't sort of... Um, scream scream our sanctions list from the sky doesn't mean that that things aren't happening and children aren't learning but it is a gradual process there's no magic wand Hmm. so at all hallows we know that there is a a pretty packed curriculum and an after school schedule that's very busy as well how do you safeguard the well-being of children in amongst all of that yeah, I think balance is key first and foremost, isn't it? I think we've all, during the, sort of the recent pandemic as well, it's helped all of us realise that sometimes to slow down is a, is a good thing. 
and sometimes less can be more. Um, so yeah, helping children, helping parents balance out a child's life is really important. I think when they're younger, they tend to, and further down the school, want to embrace all, all manner of opportunities, which is right and correct. That's what we want them to do. Mm-hmm. And then as they move into year seven and eight, maybe six, seven and eight, sometimes it's helping them understand that they might need to streamline those a little bit. They balance out their, you know, their academic side of things as well. But it's very much, again, using our tutors. Um, and actually next year, we're, we're potentially looking at some, some smaller personal tutors as well, just to help the children streamline their life, um, mm. have, have time to slow down and time to reflect. We sometimes try and make sure we protect certain children's break times because otherwise they would be flat out all the way through the day mm. and i love the i love the summertime in the boarding house actually where you step out of the boarding house onto the library lawn onto the front field mm. and of course there are activities such as the tennis courts that the children can go on themselves or the swimming pool that we would structure safely but often it's them making their own fun it's it's them playing mm their own wide games on the front field, playing, just starting up a game of quick cricket or football, or just, just hanging around having a chat. But yeah, I think you can really, very much in the boarding house in the summer as well, we're very, uh, very mindful to make sure that the children have that time to be a little bored on occasions and make their own fun rather than overly structuring everything. Yeah. So you mentioned about quick cricket outside. Summertime is coming. Um, apart from quick mm. cricket, what are some of the things you're looking forward to seeing and experiencing and feeling in school life? Oh, school life in the summer. I very much hope to get up into Scouts Wood and watch some of the, the forest school taking place in the summer. Again, the woods, they're a beautiful place anyway, but in the summer, they, you know, it's fantastic. Mm. Mm. Uh, again, we look to take our borders up there as well. Um, we've got some pizza ovens. Very much looking forward to sampling sampling the, the pizza from the ovens. We've booked in our, all our outdoor pursuits. We're hoping that obviously when restrictions allow, we'll be, we'll be off camping again. So we have our mm-hmm. year six camp, year seven camp, year eight camp. Mm-hmm. Um, so getting outdoors, seeing the children out at break time is an absolute joy um, when we can just throw the gates open and let them on the fields. I think, yeah. again, it's just, I was out there at break time today. It's just great giving them that freedom. You just mm. see them sort of mm. thrive and grow. Mm. And actually, I suppose, lastly, you, you tend to look at, at children in year groups and actually year eight's a very long time. And actually, you see so much growth in the last term, in the last half term. Post-exams, mm. we have our post-CE program where basically the children just enjoy and learn through different activities, different ways of learning for a month. And just being part of that um, and watching them grow and then being with them on the camp on the penultimate week of term. You just see children who are, are far happier in their own skin and mm. have grown so much since year you know, five, six, seven, and even the start of year eight. That's the sort of the joy in the job. That sounds delightful. It really does. Mm. Okay, so we know that children can't stay at All Hallows forever. Tell us a little bit more about what the school does to help prepare children for when they move on to senior schools. I think it's a, it's a whole school journey as well, with, I think, with an exit point at 13. But I think it, it very much starts almost from nursery up, really, where the children are learning through play and learning mm-hmm. to become increasingly independent. And as they go through the school, obviously the leadership opportunities develop and grow. We might have captaincy opportunities, children being involved with drama or music and and taking leads there. Uh, We have play mentors whereby children from from the middle years will play um, and support play in the lower years because it's important to try and show those leadership or give those opportunities as they come through. And then particularly in 
in year eight, we have lots of prefects and, and children who take the lead in, in different areas of the school. It's good for them to have that badge as well. That shows that someone believes in them. Mm. And you're amazed sometimes that some children you feel may, may struggle to step up to leadership roles who absolutely thrive in them. They just needed that little bit of belief and someone to say, you know, you can do this. And then they do a fantastic job. I think boarding is a great tool in our sort of box of developing leadership and resilience and, and independence increasingly so we're getting more children who are are, are flexi boarding through year seven and eight um, mm-hmm. as they prepare for their senior schools and I think it's a great thing to do to sort of to experience it in, an, in a known and familiar and, and comfortable place before going to a, a much bigger senior school environment boarding school environment where everything changes to overcome the challenges that some children do have about staying away from home for the night is really important to be able to, to do that. And again, for the children to know that they can do that. So if they can, they can board a bit and they can go away for a, a five-day camping experience in the Forest of Dean, then they can board at senior school. James, I've got a couple of quick questions for you now, which are just to do with yourself. Here's my first one. If we went back in time and asked your 10-year-old self what you wanted to be when you grew up, what would you have said? Uh, I wanted to be a professional footballer. Okay. Um, you mentioned football earlier. Yeah, I wanted to be a professional footballer. I had a few trials when I was younger. I played to played to a decent level. Used to get given a little bit of money to play, but I, I never quite made it. I would like to think it's because I wasn't quite fast enough or tall enough. Um, <laughs> but I actually think that it, I, maybe I didn't quite believe in myself enough as a younger person. Actually, I, I'd like to. Um, I'd like to go back and give myself a bit of a shake and say, actually, maybe if you focused a little bit more and worked a little bit harder, then you you could have made that. Not that I change. Not that I change my life now. No, of course, of course. But yeah. And what was the last film you watched on TV? Oh, the last film I watched was The Green Mile the other night. Um, oh, okay. Stephen, yeah, very much a favourite of mine. Had some incredible characters and moral plot lines in that. Yeah, interesting one. And before that, it was The Muppets Most Wanted. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> probably keep quiet about the Muppets one yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and if you were stuck on a desert island with only one person's music it could be one singer or one band or one composer or, or whatever who would you choose oh that's a very good question oh I don't know it's, it's a difficult question I'm very much a music hopper I like playing mixes of music but if I had to go for one band it would be the Red Hot Chili Peppers Chili Peppers yeah gosh wasn't expecting yeah. that. <laughs> I have a, a wide variety of music that I enjoy listening to, I have to say. I, okay. I think any, anything with the beat, really. So give me another band then that's not Chili Peppers, but very different to Chili Peppers that you enjoy. Ooh. That would be an interesting cocktail of music. I quite like 60s music, so I could go for some... Um, oh, no, actually, actually, I'll go for Tom, Tom Petty. I'll get some Tom Petty in there, actually. Tom Petty yeah. and Red Hot Chili Peppers. We can Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> All right, OK, free-falling all the way. Uh, we need to bring this to a close in a minute but for anyone who's heard anything and might have a follow-up question what's the best way for them to get in touch with you Uh, yes basically through the school website my email address is on there or or give the school office a call and and they can let let me know that you've called and i'll happily call call someone back and have a chat about anything to do with school okay and if somebody wanted to email what's the best email address yeah that's jcallow at allhallowschool.co.uk jcallow at allhallowschool.co.uk yeah got it well, look, James, thank you so much for being with us today and being so willing to open up and telling us all about that whole school journey. It was really good to hear. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Simon. It's been great fun.
So that was James Callow, Deputy Head Pastoral and Boarding at the school. A big thank you to him for coming on to this episode. Don't forget, if you have any questions, you can contact the school. James's email is on the school website or just give them a call if you'd rather chat instead. Now, if you haven't followed this channel yet, then now's the time to do so, because then when each episode is released, you'll just receive a small notification to let you know that it's there. So go do that. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this episode, and we'll see you again soon. Bye for now.